Welcome to another Big Show show, proudly brought to you by AWS. We are uh, at day two, uh, the end of day two, or end of Monday, here in New York um, at NRF's Retail's Big Show. Um, Gareth, tell me about your highlights from the day. Well, I'll start with the, the opening keynote, which, you know, this, this was one of my favourites. I was looking forward to this for from the start. It was the Dick Sporting Goods uh, CEO, Ed Stacks, his name. He's the guy that... Uh, took his dad's family sporting business of two stores, bought it from his dad in 1984, and he's now got 800 stores, and he's built it into this just brilliant business. It's always ahead of the curve, and it was just such a good presentation. It reminded me of everything that's great about retail. And what's great about retail is being judged by the till every day breeds this culture of humility. It breeds uh, an egalitarian culture. It builds teamwork. And it, it builds good retailers to look after their people and look after their communities. And all those things are being done by Ed and the, um, Ed and the Sporting Goods team. And I could, loads of anecdotes he came up with and loads of great epithets. Um, uh, but uh, it was just a, a, a great uh, presentation. I will say one thing, uh, one little story told which is about analysts and um, his take on analysts is they're wrong often wrong on the day but in the long term they're right and being wrong on the day the example he used is of um, uh, a couple of years ago every analyst was saying how many stores you've got not knowing the number but saying it was too many asking how big your stores were not knowing how big they were but saying they're all too big and marking him down for that now he's got more stores and bigger stores, and his results are improving, but now they're on him. So that was a good little episode. I've got a 1,000, but I, what was your next one? My absolute highlight of the day was the golden age of retail media networks. So we had uh, Jonathan Lustig from Walgreens, Ryan uh, Maywood from Walmart, um, yeah. who were both in their media sales space. Um, they, uh, this was an incredible conversation. It was incredibly rich of, of data, but it just it really did hit home how big this thing is. Yeah. The, some of the numbers to start with, um, t- by 2027, they're expecting retail media to reach $100 billion, right. um, uh, $60 billion this year. Yeah. So it's not exactly a small market now. Yeah. 2025, it'll be more than TV advertising, and by 2026, they're going to double it. Right. So it's an incredible opportunity for retailers. Um, to, to, to look at growth from existing markets with the new product. Um, they spoke uh, a lot around, um, like the, the um, by the way, that equates to a 36% CAGR, right. which is phenomenal. You know, if we can get those numbers across any category, we'd be pleased. Yeah. Um, Walmart's now getting a higher rate of return on ad spend than Instacart and Amazon. Right. So Walmart's just in, doing an incredible job with its retail media. They were giving anecdotes through how it, how it translates from the app into search, and then of course in store. Um, and they're just getting some incredible new, um, new, new, uh, incredible results from it. And it's only four years old, this business unit, and wow. it's already turning over in the billions. Um, nice anecdote that I heard, physical stores are the new TV. They're already getting, um, you know, 
more scale, more reach than yeah. TV can because of the impact of things like streaming and, and, and attention, the attention economy. Yeah. So physical stores are this new TV of, 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 of media, which is just a phenomenal phenomenal so I, I really uh, really really enjoyed listening to people the two brands that are using it well mm. talk through talk through retail media what was your next one well it was similar it was the Walmart data business mm-hmm. which is called Luminate and Dunhubby which are a, you know, a, a stats retail stats business that started with uh, the themes from the economists at Dunhubby about how the year is going to go and unfortunately they're confirming that uh, growth is going to be only 1% which is lower than inflation so it confirms our suspicion that uh, you know you're going to have to fight hard to keep your share of the pie and get any sort of growth uh, in the market that's ahead. Um, they have a growth equity score, and that was really interesting. And the two things that customers are valuing most today are price, unsurprisingly, mm. but also digital. So there's a big rise in the value customer placing on digital, and that's replacing indirect direct replacement of convenience yeah so some really interesting messages the luminate business is just unbelievable uh, we talked about yesterday I think 711 with something like uh, 12 million customers a day Walmart have 8 billion customers a year you know this is a big <laughs> number and of course that's generating a lot of data mm. like um, like 711 they have a group of customers who act as a research sample as well so they're doing all sorts of research and testing of new products using this uh, using this platform, which is inspiring. I yeah. find it good. Um, my next one was uh, actually made me grumpy. Um, uh, with decoding Gen Z, um, I, I preluded to, uh, um, that this was going to be an interesting session. I wanted to know how they thought about you know being more thoughtful than just generalising based on yeah. age. Uh, they didn't. That's all they did. Uh, it was basically <laughs> a, a bunch of people saying, "Oh well, Gen Z's, you know, we'll, let's start with some mis- breaking some misconceptions around things like, you know, they're always on digital platforms and things like that." Well, they are, um, because that's how they've grown up. Um, you know, it was it was uh, the, the the big insight, the big booming insight that they decided to share is that Gen Z also like to shop in stores, like every other human. Right. Um, so it was it was it was a really genuinely in, like interesting conversation to hear. They spoke very passionately. It was brands like H and M, Vogue, McDonald's, Spotify. So there was lots of very very interesting groups uh, that were there. Um, a couple of things that they did share. What does the store need to look like for Gen Z? This is actually when it, yeah. the, the conversation did get interesting. Um, small patients, so they need a really really seamless experience. Um, we need to offer ways to personalise the experience. You know, staff accessible who know their products, etc. Um, you know, these are not new things. These are things that we know that are consistent with people who just like to shop in stores. That yeah. behaviour, to me anyway, yeah. was more important for them yeah. to talk through. But the one thing that is actually genuinely true is they are more willing to share data with you than any other generation. Um, but you have to have they have high expectations of what you're going to do with it, which I thought was interesting. Um, McDonald's was the most uh, most uh, articulate with a way that they think right. about it that they. They know that the the use of social media and the intent behind the use of social media for those genera- this generation is very different to any other generation, and they've actually kind of positioned themselves as the awkward the awkward parent that's right. just responding to the things that go viral. They shared a story about when they released uh, a purple frozen drink for Grimace's birthday, and Gen Z basically took to TikTok and then drank the shake as if it was poison, and then pretended did a you know who could do the best fake death scene. 
and they, McDonald's went, do we worry about this or do we let it be? And they created a response to it, which was grimace, kind of like watching some videos and then looking yeah. really awkward and just going, all right, anyway, moving on. So it was, it was interesting to see how they did it, you know, kind of like let them be, let them be creative. Um, but one thing that actually broke me a little bit is the most number one searched for term by Gen Z on Spotify is the word sad. Um, they spoke about how you know, sad songs is kind of potentially reflective of their attitude and how they're feeling about the world having gone through, lost a big chunk of kind of like their youth to COVID and being locked up. And, um, you know, it's a potentially worrying thing that we need to worry about. I'm going to rants about the impact of social media here as well. But um, it was it was an interesting, but they, they still just generalise by age, which I think is not the most efficient way to think about people and how they shop you know we know that behaviors are more important predictors of what we how we need to respond definitely I was disappointed that we still spoke about age definitely well my last one was um uh, was another ai session but it was actually a salesforce session about ai and the omnichannel index so i won't talk too much about it it's something you can actually download but each year salesforce sort of sculpts out what omnichannel means they now have uh, two or three hundred features that compose an omnichannel experience in a retail retailer and they index um, about I think it's 160 retailers or something retailers and brands as to how well they deliver against and of course it's intended to identify gaps so uh, how well are you comparing with mm. your competitors so some interesting gaps emerge I think the best thing for everybody to do is download the report and just see how uh, how you think some of these brands are performing and where their gaps are. Um, it didn't, they didn't go into financial performance and correlation with uh, the index, um, unlike um, Walmart who do that. But um, yeah, interesting to download. Got it. Well, that's enough about us. Let's, uh, let's bring in a guest, shall we? We should. I'm here with Mark Fanicario, Chemist Warehouse, and Mark, you're a bit of a veteran of the NRF show. You didn't come last year, but you've been many times, right? Yes, that's right. Um, the pandemic sort of slowed things down a little bit, yeah. and then took a little bit of momentum to get back here. Yeah. But um, it's nice to see a bit of an Australian contingency back at NRF, we bumped yeah. into a few Aussies. Yeah. Um, and it's, it seems to be bigger and better than what I remember. Yeah, I think that's my impression too. Um, Anything changed? I think maybe 2020 might have been your last... Uh... Uh, 19. 19, right, yep. right. Um, well, the, the most obvious change is that I think every stand has something to do with AI written on it. Right, right. Um, generative or otherwise. Right. Um, so it's, it's almost like everyone's got a little bit of FOMO with AI. We're going to label everything that we have with a little bit of AI, try to give it a bit of extra credibility. Yeah. But I've not yet seen anything yet that AI has made a significant difference to. It's got a lot of yeah. promise. Yeah. Watch this space because, you know, if, if anybody does crack that nut, it, it could accelerate a lot of retailing or refine or find those efficiencies or expand yeah. in who knows what it can do. I think yeah. we're still scratching our head a little bit at what, what can it do. Yeah. And a little bit of retail FOMO, well, let's just hang on to this and, and see where it takes us. Yeah, I've noticed that. And all the sessions that have... AI in the title, mm -hmm. a kind of standing room only. Yes. And I think that that says the market is struggling to understand the application at yes. this stage. Yes, agreed. And 
Is it just a rebrand of stuff we've seen for a long time, yeah. machine learning and data analytics, or is it something new? Um, we saw Mark Benhoff speak about this, mm -hmm. and he was saying, yeah, look, it's significant, yeah. it, it does lots of great stuff, but it's an evolution yes. mainly, yes. apart from the generative stuff. He, he thinks that's where the excitement is. Yeah. So um, you've got a technology bent, mm -hmm. Mark. so yes. uh, apart from the AI uh, presentations, is there anything in particular that's caught your eye? Um, the two things that stand out from, certainly that well, I'm looking at specifically in our business, is um, the use of ESL, yeah. electronic shelf ta uh, tags, or the shelf labels. So I guess from our business we've always been a little bit more manual, traditional perhaps, and there's a few Australian retailers now that are taking it on. Yeah. So it, it kind of tempted me to think, well, oh, maybe we're at the tipping point now. Yeah. Maybe the ROI is there. Perhaps there's other use cases other than frequent price changes, because that was traditionally the only thing yeah. that these tags could do. Yeah. And so much, it's not so much the tag per se itself, but what the technology can unlock. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, better omni-channel experience for the associates mm. and for potentially the customers. You can tap the tag and you can push an NFC communication back to the phone, and all of a sudden you have all the information linked back to your website about a particular product. Yeah. And it, that in itself is a bit more engaging than just a boring piece of plastic with a price on it. Yeah. Uh, in our store, certainly, the, the theatre of our stores is is in part in the signage yeah. and in the tag. So we don't want to move away from that. That's always been yeah. part of um, who we are. But we need to try to find this efficiency in this ESL space with yeah. a little bit of in-store theatre. So the, you know, watch this space. I know that some of the other larger retailers are yeah, also right. taking a look. Um, and for us, again, it's a little bit more efficiency. So, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're pushing close to a billion dollars in labour. Let's just try to target a 5% saving in that and what kind of technology will enable that. Yeah. So there's a lot of workforce management tools and task management tools that are out there, and we're having another good look at that. Right. Um, the modern staff member, modern store associate, has an expectation that you guys are, well, you're the employer anyway, is um, more... Techie, yeah. There's got to be easier ways of doing things. You know, yeah, printing yeah. pieces of paper and clipboards and all those things are things of the past. Um, I was thoroughly impressed when I went to visit uh, a store in in uh, Munro, Walgreens, in uh, Walmart, pardon me, in, yeah. in Munro, um, and they enabled every staff member to have a device. Everyone yeah. was very task focused, but executed beautifully. It was like a I think every component was its own, had its own musician, if you will, yeah. and it was beautifully well orchestrated. Yeah, yeah. So they were playing retail music very well. Okay. Um, and so it was interesting to see how such a really big store yeah. with so many people had this retail harmony running right through it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's really frustrating, you know, as you know, my kids are in retail, mm -hmm. and kids haven't got the patience it drives them out of the industry yes if you give them fruitless tasks yes and if tech can um, tech can smooth that out it's going to make their job so much better yeah and I think because I think everybody comes to work every day wanting to do a great job yeah um, it's giving them the tools to allow them to uh, to do that and I think if you're clever about it and if you can gamify it somehow yeah you know just little reward systems I'm not quite sure yet exactly how to how to do it yeah um, perhaps getting a little bit old to understand how these younger generation what they want yeah but i think we need to engage better yeah. 
Yeah. And an expectation that we engage better. So we've got to meet that expectation. Otherwise, yeah. we're going to we're going to lose future leaders of our business. Yeah, yeah. And as we know, it's tougher to get people than it, it used is, to be. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else, Mark? Apart from uh, shelf labels, workforce management. Um. Thinking about it now, we're, we're kind of having another deeper look in image recognition yeah. and how we can solve our common problems with stockouts and gaps yeah. and you know, all these things that we need to apply humans yeah. to, 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 to address. Yeah. So there is a, a place in technology and, and traditionally it was always in this camera domain, yeah. image recognition, etc. So we're doing some very preliminary work. I don't think I didn't share with, this with you yet, but it was... Um, it's a, a mechanism with which the associates have a... They can wear a camera. Oh, right. It's very, very early on. So rather than fixing it, they mm. can just make it part of their day. Yeah. And the smarts behind this technology would be that as they're doing their tasks, we're constantly mapping and imaging the store. Yeah. And that would hopefully be enough, the technology behind that, to... They, we all see it. We all know when there's a gap and we yeah. see that there's something's not quite right. But we're also busy. You don't always have the luxury of coming back to things. Yeah. So if there was some way of alerting us, prioritising it, putting yeah. it on the to-do yeah. list, yeah. like it wouldn't, in an old school retail, it wouldn't be uncommon to have a, a notebook or a pad in your pocket with a pen, and as you're walking down the aisle, you'll make some notes, you've got to fix this, you've got to fix that. Mm. And by the end of the day, you've got a, a notepad full of notes and nothing's been executed or fixed because yeah. you're just trying to fix the previous day's issues or whatever it might be. So if there was a way of curating that mm-hmm. and then perhaps creating that to-do list. Um, and I kind of try to call that, I'll put that the, as an experience filter. So mm. a good retailer, that's one that's you know, been around a little bit, they can look at an area, look at a planogram, look at an aisle, look at the store, and you can step out and you've got a whole list of things yeah. that you can, you need to fix. It could be better, yeah. it could be refined. Yeah. And then you have a younger person, they, they don't know any of those that's things, right. it comes with experience. But the technology is an opportunity, I think, to have a, this tech, uh, experience filter. Yeah. So, you know, I'm 20 years in, you can walk through a store and you get the feel. Yeah. New person doesn't have that. No. With the lens of technology over all of that, yeah. maybe you can point out things that they can't see. Yeah. Some kind of augmented retail reality, perhaps, and yeah. just pointing yeah. it out. Yeah. And you'll see that, you know, if you go down and walk through with a, a retail experienced individual and you're just, you know, chewing the fat, they'll just point left and right of the aisle, this is, this is good, that's bad. Yeah. Um, Perhaps there's a place for technology to point those same yeah, things out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the stores, Mark, you mentioned uh, Walmart at Monroe. Is there anything else you've seen in Manhattan that's caught your fancy? Um, I keep hearing about this Harry Potter right, world. Yeah, you've got to go there. You've got to go there. Yeah. Um, and I did. I experienced it to some extent um, in Orlando when yeah. I took my kids there, and it, it was, you know, and Disney's Disney, and they do magical things, but it was a, a, a magical. Uh, retailing experience as yeah, well yeah. Yeah, and using your wand to open doors and all these things you know yeah. my at then that time eight year old thought it was the best place on earth yeah. just, you just keep, 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 this place keeps getting better yeah. um, there, there's actually what I've kind of noted is where's there's been good retail experiences but I've also noted yeah. some of the bad retail experiences and it's yeah. easy to point out the failings of other retailers yeah. um, so sometimes I scratch my head and think um, Australian retail is not that bad. Like, there no. are some components there that you know we come to a, we come to the US and try to be inspired, and, and that's fine and that's yeah. good to do. But um, I, I think maybe because there's fewer of us and we're all 
you know, scrambling around for that retail buck. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of impressed with Australian retail. Yeah, yeah, that, that's coming through, definitely, Mark. Mm. So thanks a lot, Mark. Uh, enjoy the rest of your show, and um, look forward to uh, reflecting on this when we get back together. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks, yeah. thanks, Gary. All right, so as we end up day two finalising, we're looking forward to day three, the final day of the conference. Gareth, what's your highlights? What are you looking forward to? A couple of retail presentations I want to see. And top of my list is Domino's. You know, Domino's, we all know in Australia, has been a fantastic innovator over the past decade, really, and just left the competition in their wake. But similar things are happening in the US now. Uh, at one stage, Domino's, the Australian-based Domino's, uh, we're leading the world in all this stuff, but I think we've seen some good stuff in the US too. So we've got the US team talking about some of their digital innovation. I want to hear about that. Yeah. The second one is another retailer that we look at, you know, here at the show every year. But every year, it kind of is worth listening to, and it's an online pet retailer called Chewy. Uh, Summit Singh, the CEO, speaks really well about it. I'm sure they have some really good insights again uh, tomorrow. I'm a big customer of Chewy. Good, good. And it'd be interesting to see. I mean, we've, we've been out in the stores of New York and uh, without letting too many cats out of the bag, boom, boom. <laughs> um, Petco is probably our favourite retail store yeah, we've seen this time. I agree. It'd be doubt. interesting to see how that ecosystem works together, how that competitive tension is working. Mm. So anyway, interested to hear what uh, Chewy have to say. And I'm going to spend more time in the Innovation Lab tomorrow. Uh, I saw some really cool stuff over the last um, couple of days and I just want to go back and make sure I've captured everything. There's some really interesting um, future technology coming there that could be of great benefit. Um, great lists. Um, I'm uh, going to kick off the day with uh, the presidency of Tractor Supply Company, uh, which is Hal Lawton. He's speaking as the opening keynote tomorrow morning. Um, Tractor Supply Company is kind of a, it's an interesting brand that you know we probably don't really have an equivalent of. I no. think back in Australia, it's essentially between the the Bunnings, but with a more focus on things like farm farm gear and farmware and and pet gear and a whole bunch of different things. It's you know obviously originated as exactly as it's titled, you know, yep. supplies for tractors, um, but it's become much bigger and, and you know even sitting in some more suburban areas now as well. Really exciting. They're growing incredibly well. Yep. Um, so interesting just to hear more from them. And there is uh, um, a session from uh, Thrive Global, which is uh, Ariana Huffington, yeah. um, talking with Signet Jewelers and the Honest Company um, that I'm really interested in, in hearing from, um, talking through uh, how to cultivate a thriving workforce and a purpose-led com uh, company culture. I think you know, the, when we talk about, we all the time talk about the importance of culture and process and people and capabilities yes. are more important than any one thing in an innovation. Um, agenda, so I'm, I'm just going to be. I'm super interested by by how that conversation goes, and then of course finishing the day with Drew Barrymore mm. um, coming up on stage to talk about her um, products made by Agatha um, uh, with Shay Hong, um, and I think I'm just I'm just very interested to see and hear how that's the story of you know them, them coming together and creating this brand, um, how that how that's come to. I think it's always an it's an interesting keynote speech. Mm to close the day, to close the show, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so last day, it's been a great show so far, so let's hope the last day caps that off. Yeah, I agree. It's a 
it's buzzing. It really is a, a much more exciting show than it's been in the last couple of years, obviously. But even pre that, this is probably the, the most buzzworthy and certainly the largest show that version of NRF Big Show that I've been to. It's it's been it's been really exciting, very energising. Yeah, and I think there's a reason for that. I think the reason is we talked last year about. Um, we saw an absence of the fluffy concepts. Yeah. You know, the, the, they weren't there. Retailers were getting back to being retailers after that long COVID mm. period. But this year, they're getting back to being competitors yeah. uh, because the market's shrinking. They're having to be better at everything they do to take their share. Mm. Um, and that's, I think, that's the competitive buzz is there. That, that's what I'm feeling. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what day three draws, hey? Yep. Well, we'll see you tomorrow for another episode of The Big Show Show brought to you by AWS. See you.